Welcome to Prophecy Countdown with author and pastor Kenneth Baer. Join us every week for the latest updates on what the Bible has to say about the events, the characters, and prophetic signs of the return of Jesus Christ and His coming kingdom. Make sure you not only subscribe, but like your favorite episodes and share it with your friends. Now, on with the broadcast. Welcome to Prophecy Countdown. I'm Pastor Ken, and we provide two updates each week, one on Wednesday as well as on Sunday. Our Sunday uh, broadcast uh, premieres at 1 p.m., and then on Wednesday at 11 a.m. The title of my message today is The Rapture Timeline. As the name of our podcast implies, our podcasts always have a prophecy thread, and today is particularly true as we'll be talking about the rapture of the church. We love answering questions, particularly related to prophecy. If you have a question, please send us an email at prophecycountdownpodcast at gmail.com. That's prophecycountdownpodcast at gmail.com. I respond to all of our emails personally. I love answering questions, and that's how we get a lot of our topics. Now, today, we are answering a question from a good friend of the ministry, Hal. Uh, and Hal had read our, our recent book, or my recent book, The Apocalypse and Coming Kingdom, and thought it would be easier for him to understand some of the things we talk about in the book, all the prophecy, if I included a graph a timeline that showed when some of the events that occur in the tribulation, for example, um, how the, where they occur compared to other events that are described uh, in the Bible. Uh, we thought that was a great um, uh, suggestion and a great opportunity for us to discuss this a little bit on our podcast. You know, there are, there are many timelines that you can find online. And uh, a lot of them differ. There's a lot of different variations of them because people are trying to interpret uh, the Bible as best they possibly can. But the one thing all of these timelines have in common is they have a start and an end of what is known as the tribulation. Uh, this means that they are taking the, the prophecies, uh, and in fact, the ones that Jesus speaks of, about the, the great tribulation, they're taking it seriously if they're not taking it at least literally as well. Now, we've always said the best way to interpret Scripture is to take it as literally as possible unless it's very, very clear that it's to be taken symbolically. So that's one of the things, these things that all of these timelines have in, have in common. You know, there's a lot of people that, uh, that read the Bible, they go to church, uh, they may even serve in church, maybe as a deacon or as an elder, but they've never ever heard a sermon on the second coming of Jesus Christ. They've never heard a sermon on what the book of Revelation clearly describes as the tribulation period. You know, Jesus answers the questions that his disciple asked him. Uh, they asked him about, tell us of the, the end of the world and your second coming. And Jesus' response was, oh, you don't need to know about that. You know, that's a mystery. No, Jesus answers the question very, very clearly. And like I said, there's a lot of churches that, that never teach on this. And that's, that's unfortunate. So today, what, we, what we've done is I found a, a pretty good uh, timeline online. Um, and we're going to take a look at the timeline and the events associated with not only the rapture of the church, but also the seven years of tribulation broken up into three, two, three and a half year periods, the millennial reign of Christ and the eternal state. 
And this is what the timeline looks like. I'll put it on, on the screen right now. And you'll see that a, a number of times as I'm speaking about these events uh, of, the, of, of the end times, of the tribulation period. Now, I want to give credit where credit is due. I am borrowing this timeline from a blog I found called uh, God is Revealed. I haven't read too much in the blog. It seems like it's, it's pretty biblical. I, I do appreciate uh, any time I can find something like this and be able to share it with our listening and viewing audience. So thank you to the author of the God is Revealed blog. So let's start. Let's start off in the timeline. If we're going to start going left to right, and we're going to start with the cross on the far left representing Christ's crucifixion and his resurrection. Now, as I record this, we're presently celebrating Christmas, uh, the anniversary of the birth of our, our Savior. Uh, while as important as Christmas is, it really is meaningless if it wasn't also for the resurrection, the death on the cross, or the resurrection, the ascension of Jesus Christ. That's We serve a Lord Christ who is, who is alive. He is no longer in the tomb. He's not some, some dead poet or some dead philosopher. He is the living, reigning son of God. He died on the Roman cross, but he rose again on three days later. So that's exactly who we serve. Now, the cross on the timeline represents the beginning because it's the beginning of the church known as the Age of Grace. From the Jewish perspective, it also could be known as the time of the Gentiles. However, I'm not going to go into the details, but it's a little bit different than just the time of the Gentiles. But the church of the age of the church, this age of grace, has a very specific beginning and will have a very specific ending. If you remember, the beginning of the church was on Pentecost Sunday. It's, we celebrate it every single year. This is when Jesus uh, has ascended into heaven. He told the apostles to wait in Jerusalem for the coming of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit comes and it's manifest in tongues of fire and a muddy rushing wind. Now, the church age is the age that we're presently in today. Today is the, the age of the church. It's, the, um, it's, it's this age of grace. And it's the time when the Great Commission is in effect, when we are to, to share the gospel uh, with all nations and baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and teach them to observe everything that Jesus has taught his disciples. This is, the, this is the age of grace, and this is the time that we're living now. But this will come... Uh, to, a, to an end, a very specific end, and that end will be what we call the rapture of the church. Now, I realize that in many circles, people don't talk about the rapture. They say it's not in the Bible. They are incorrect. Uh, the rapture is in the Bible. It's the Latin word rapturo. Um, it's in the Latin Bible that was in, the, in effect for 1,400 years, so rapture is definitely in the Bible. Now, this is described by the Apostle Paul uh, in two particular places, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, as well as 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Let me read a, a piece of this from uh, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, because uh, nobody can do it better than Paul can, and nothing is better than reading, than reading directly out of what the Scripture has to say. Paul says this in 1 uh, Th Thessalonians chapter 4. He writes, for we believe that Jesus died and rose again, and so we believe that God will bring with Jesus 
those who have fallen asleep in him. According to the Lord's word, we tell you that we who are still alive and who are left until the coming of the Lord will certainly not precede those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command and the voice of an archangel and the trumpet call of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. And after that, we who are still alive will be, and are left, will be caught up together to be with them in the clouds, to meet the Lord in the air, and so we will be with the Lord forever. And then Paul ends this very important passage with these words. He says, therefore, encourage one another with these words. Well, why are we to be encouraged? Because the Lord is coming back for us. And he's coming back for his, his bride to take us with him to heaven. This is what Jesus talked about in John 14, that he was going to prepare a place for us and that he would return for us. So this is a, this is a tremendous event. We refer to it as the rapture of the church. And it, and it precedes what happens afterwards which is the seven years of tribulation. This event, this bodily resurrection for all that in Christ, both that have, those who have died as well as those that are alive, is also described as happening in the twinkling of an eye. That's from 1 Corinthians. Again, Paul's writing to the Corinthians, chapter, chapter 15. Now, this is, a, this is the event that is said that no one knows the day or the hour. You know, I, I teach Bible prophecy, and, and this is one of the comments we often get, and one of the snide comments is, is, why are you talking about this, Pastor? No one knows the day or the hour. Well, that's true. The second coming, which we'll talk about the next time, our next broadcast, happens at the end of the seven years of tribulation. And the Bible is very precise when that event happens, the second coming. The Bible talks about 42 months, three and a half years, 1260 days after the temple is desecrated by the Antichrist. The timing is very specific. And that's the timing of Christ's second coming. That day obviously can be determined. It's determined by months and days and years. Uh, so when, when the Bible talks about no one days knows the day or the hour, that's speaking specifically of the rapture of the rapture of the church. This is the end of the church age when the bride of Christ is taken up to be with Christ. So let's move on to the very next event, and that you can see on the, uh, on the timeline is the revelation of the Antichrist. The revelation of the Antichrist. There are two important references in the Bible regarding this revelation of the Antichrist. One is taken from 2 Thessalonians, again, a, a letter of, of Paul to the Thessalonians, chapter two, verse seven. This is what Paul writes. He says, for the mystery, the mystery of lawlessness is already at work. Only he who now restrains will do so until he is taken out of the way. Now, the context of this verse in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 is talking about the man of lawlessness, the person that we know as the Antichrist. Uh, there's something, Paul says, that is restraining, something that is hindering the evil, the, the wickedness of this present age and the coming of the Antichrist. And we believe what Paul is referring to here, the thing that's hindering 
is the body of Christ. It's the body of Christ that has been given the authority by Jesus Christ. We're empowered because we're indwelled by the Holy Spirit. And throughout the last 2,000 years, it has been the church, the body of Christ, that has been restraining evil and particularly the man of lawlessness, the Antichrist. Uh, and that's the, and um, once the body of Christ is removed, we know the second thing that happens, and that's referring also to the Antichrist. And uh, in Daniel uh, chapter 9, verse 27, for example, Gabriel infor informs Daniel that the coming leader who Daniel refers to as the little horn in the book of Daniel. Of course, it's referred to as the Antichrist in John, and that's who we know in the book of Revelation, will cause the temple in Jerusalem to be ceremonially dis dis uh, uh, desecrated. Uh, this happens halfway through the seven-year period of, uh, of tribulation. This verse in Daniel establishes the length of two time segments in the tribulation. Two time segments, and you'll see this also in the timeline. You'll see there's a three-and-a-half-year period. The Antichrist desecrates the temple, and then the second three-and-a-half-year period. Uh, Daniel writes this, for example. He says, The prince who is to come will confirm a covenant with many for one seven. Now, when Daniel says 1-7, he uses this terminology a number of times. He's referring to seven years, seven years. In the middle of this seven, the middle of seven years is three and a half years, he will put an end to sacrifice and offering. And you'll see this event is marked on this timeline as well. Now, according to Daniel chapter 9, verse 27, the tribulation begins with the signing of a, a peace treaty between the Antichrist and Israel, intended to be for one seven. That's where we get the seven years of tribulation. This, this peace treaty that the Antichrist is involved in um, is, is to last for seven years. But halfway through the seven years, um, the Antichrist's true colors are revealed. He does something in the temple that desecrates it. The eyes of the Jewish people will be open. They think this Antichrist is a great guy, a friend of Israel, but then they realize who he truly is halfway through. And that's the dividing line between the first half and the second half of the tribulation, midway. The Antichrist breaks the treaty, sets up a, does something in the temple sacrilegiously. That's why it's called by Jesus Christ the abomination that causes desolation. And Jesus Christ is actually borrowing language from the prophet Daniel. Now the phrase, in the middle indicates that the first half of the tribulation lasts three and a half years, identified also in the, in the Bible as 1260 days. You know, the Bible is very, very precise when it speaks about certain things like this, the, 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 the tribulation. It's, it's a limited period of time, a horrible time, when God restores the people of Israel uh, to himself. He, he gathers them as a, as a hen would gather their, her, their, their chicks under her wings. That's what the Bible talks about. The Lord regathers Israel to himself during the seven-year period. Uh, it's also a time of, of judgment because uh, it says that man would rather uh, be, uh, be idol worshipers. They'd rather be involved with their drugs and their sorceries and their witchcraft rather than turning and repenting and turning to God. Now, the second half of the tribulation, Jesus calls it the 
great tribulation. It's a horrible time, much, much even more difficult than the first three and a half years. Jesus says that it was not shortened to just 42 months, three and a half years, or 1260 days. Jesus says no flesh would survive. No flesh would survive. During the first half of the tribulation, by the way, again, you can see this marked on the timeline, many scholars believe that this is when the two witnesses that are described in Revelation chapter 13 will be present on the streets of Jerusalem. These two witnesses will present the gospel. Some suggest that these two witnesses may be Moses and Elijah representing the law and the prophets. The Bible is silent on that. We can speculate if we'd like to, but we know that there's two very, very powerful prophets on the streets of Jerusalem during the first three and a half years, 1260 days, 42 months of the, of the tribulation period. Uh, and nothing can overcome them. Uh, fire, fire comes out of their mouth if anybody tries to destroy them. However, after three and a half years, the Antichrist triumphs over them. And uh, they lie dead in the streets of Jerusalem for three and a half days. Isn't that interesting how specific the, the book of Revelation is on times? Three and a half days they lay dead in the streets of Jerusalem. In fact, the Bible says that the people of the earth are the, those that dwell on the earth, the people that are left behind after the rapture, um, are, are so happy that these two prophets are dead uh, that they give each other gifts. It's like a, like a birthday and a Christmas all wrapped, rolled up in one. However, the Bible says after three and a half days, the breath of the Lord brings them back to life. That's Revelation chapter 13, 12. And this is what it says. It says, then they heard a loud voice from heaven saying to them, come up here. Again, that, those, that word come up here, um, it, they go to heaven. And this is the same words that the apostle John heard in, in Revelation chapter 4. Right after the age of the church, John hears this words come up here, and he's transported into heaven. And many scholars, and I'm included in them, believe that this is a picture of the rapture of the church. The, just as these two witnesses were brought up into heaven, body and soul, body and spirit, uh, just as we will uh, at the time of the rapture of the church. Um, finally, in the same three and a half years, the first half of the tribulation is when the 144,000 are sealed. Remember that story? There's 12,000 from each of the tribes of Israel. Uh, 12,000 and, and 12,000 are names, uh, 12 different tribes of Israel. Um, that that uh, 12,000, they call them young men, and these men are virgins, are sealed, and they minister for the first three and a half years of the of the tribulation. Uh, some have described these, uh, these, uh, these, these 12,000 of each of the tribes, 144,000, as, uh, as Billy Grahams, uh, people witnessing. We're not sure exactly what their ministry is. We know that they're to be a witness for Jesus Christ, and we see them again in heaven in white robes. So we'll stop here, and we'll pick up the rest of this in the, se the second half of the tribulation, and we'll get into the, the second coming, the millennial reign of Christ, the eternal state, and our next topic, our next Wednesday update. So be sure to tune in at that time. So my friends, realize that Jesus Christ is coming soon. The, uh, the signs are definitely upon us. Uh, keep looking up, that's what the Bible says. And we are supposed to tell each other about this because this is what Paul calls, the Apostle Paul calls the blessed hope, the second coming and the appearing of our great God and Savior, 
Jesus Christ. Let's pray. So, Father God, we want to thank you, Lord, for uh, all that you bring us. We thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to be able to, to share these words on video as well as on our, our audio podcast. Uh, we pray for the peace of Israel. We know that there's a horrible war that's going on now uh, between Israel and Gaza that should not be. It's just that there are some that are, are determined uh, to push Israel into the sea. And we know, Lord, that you will prevent that. But Lord, we just pray for peace. We give you all the praise and the glory, especially during this Advent season, uh, this uh, time uh, that we celebrate the first Advent of Jesus Christ. And we give you all the praise in Jesus' precious name. Nearly every day, it's common to see, read, or hear something about the end of the world, the apocalypse, or end times. Author and pastor Kenneth Baer's The Apocalypse and Coming Kingdom zooms in and breaks down biblical prophecy as it relates to Jesus' imminent return and the coming seven-year period, including the Great Tribulation. Available in both paperback and Kindle versions. Get your copy on Amazon or at Barnes & Noble and select Christian bookstores. The title again is The Apocalypse and Coming Kingdom. You can also find it listed by author Kenneth Baer. Get your copy today.